to start with asking you a question. What would you do if one day you were asked to be in a Hall of Fame? Like go. <laughs> How, I mean, what are your true feelings on it? Like as far as... Uh, like what we're talking about now? Right, okay. what we're getting ready to talk oh, about. Oh, man, I mean, to me, it'd be, it'd be huge. Yeah. Know? I mean, there, there's certain things, uh, you know, I won't go into them because I don't like to downplay, but there's there's certain <clears throat> awards things that goes on around here. Well, that's, really, that's why I yeah, asked yeah, because I mean, there's even big awards. I know yeah. artists who don't want to participate. Yeah. Uh, or um, don't want the recognition. And then there's right. some that are furious if they don't get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, I'm just yeah. curious well, your think, take on it. I, I think for me, before. as far as my mindset would go on that, it would revolve more around uh, uh, the love for my, my state where I've lived and, and basically worked my entire right. life. You know, I mean, it's just like being a... It's like being a UK fan, and you know where I stand on that. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I, I book shows around UK basketball games anymore, so. But yeah, that that would be one. It, I, all honesty, if I had a choice between at the, at the end, whether I got to step out and play on the Grand Ole Opry or I got inducted, I'd much rather be in the Kentucky Music Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. I think it makes a big difference, too, when, it's, um, when it involves your peers, and it's not like... Uh, please go vote for me kind of thing. Right, you know? absolutely. Um, yeah. That I'm not into. Yeah. You know? No, you wouldn't want to, it's not something you want to uh, campaign for, you know, if it happens, it, you take it and it's an honor and then if right. you don't, then you know, it just is what it is. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a whole different story. Yeah. That. Well, leading into that, welcome our first guest tonight is uh, Miss Jessica Blankenship and you're on Weekend Superstars. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm so glad to be here, needless to say. Been a long time. I know, it has been a long time and, uh, Y'all are making me missing the honky tonks for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a chance to listen to yes. some of the stuff we've done? Yes. Uh, I figured you'd be into it because I think when when did we meet? Ten years ago, maybe something like that. Oh, I know gosh. I was still playing with Garrick on yeah, a regular it, basis, and I was living up here. So yeah, it's been probably over ten years ago. Yeah, and I think when we met, you were just music journalist, right? Was mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I was just and doing that. And, yeah, doing yeah. my uh, KentuckyCountryMusic.com website. And I still have that. I've kind of put it on pause with the new title and all of that. But right. I'm going to kick it back up this winter. So tell us what is your new title? What, what are you doing now? Well, I, I still pinch myself every day. Um, I'm the executive director of the Kentucky Music Hall of Fame, as well as Rockcastle County Tourism Commission. So so I do a little bit of everything. <laughs> That was Jacob Moulton, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he, he promised not to speak, but he didn't say anything about any other noises that make him. Well, congrats on the new position. Well, That's thank awesome. You. Thank you. Yeah. It's definitely a dream. I, I tell people, just do not pinch me because it's, it's a title I take very seriously. And I've been involved with the Hall of Fame. It's been around for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I was involved even though in those first years as a student at Berea College. Yeah. So I was doing research for the Hall of Fame. And then over the years, uh, I was involved with the induction ceremonies, doing the media stuff because my Kentucky country okay, music cool. stuff. So. Awesome. And uh, and now I'm in like the you know <laughs> the position that everybody's looking at, and I'm like, okay, what do I do now? The pressure's on. Yeah, the pressure, especially this week with the induction ceremony. It's uh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I did. I gotta tell a story real quick. I did um, a show. Um, wasn't for an induction, but it was part of that week. I think it was the same week. There was mm-hmm. several things going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, we opened for Exile because they were being inducted. Yeah. And uh, I was playing with JP's daughter, Jessie. Yeah. And we were the opening act. And we were standing outside by the stage. And uh, 
this guy comes up and he says, uh, you know, hey, how you guys doing? And he just started, started up a conversation. And this went on for th- at least 30 minutes. Yeah. Super nice guy. Didn't even talk hardly anything about music. It was just, you know, what's going on here and who, who else yeah. playing. And then the uh, next thing I know, uh, Carl Shannon was emceeing. He comes up and says, you want to play one? Talking to this guy. It's like, yeah, I've got my stuff in the car. It was Sam Bush, and I didn't, oh, and I didn't know man. it. Oh, man. Um, what was weird, though, is I knew who Sam Bush was, you and I was a fan, seen. but I'd never seen what he looked like. Mm. And he just came up, and he just was driving by and had his mandolin in the trunk, and he just showed up, and we ended up uh, going on after him. <laughs> <laughs> that so. is pretty wild. I know uh, I, we were talking about the Opry earlier, and I was down there... Uh, 10, 12 years ago as a guest of Sonny Sweeney. And uh, she was playing, and I was saying inside stage while she was playing and talking to this curly-headed guy, older guy, a little bit taller, and we got talking and and uh, just talking about Nashville in general, just mm-hmm. different things, like not really music-related. Yeah. And Vince Gill is out there to host it, and he said, I want to give up one of my songs for somebody else. And this is actually going to be his first time playing at the Opry. And you all know his song, The Gambler, and it's Don Schlitz. I was in there talking to him. Did not have no clue. Right. And he's going, what? He's like, I think Vince is caught. I said, I'm finally put two and two together. And I went, oh, crap, you know. And, and so he gets out there. He sings Gambler. He comes back and conti- wants to continue our conversation. Here's all these people coming to him. And nice. uh, and I said, you know, it's a pleasure to meet you. And then now he's in the Country Music Hall. Of Fame. Wow, that's so, cool. So uh, didn't know who. You never know who you run into. So. Right, yeah. Yeah. Who else inducted this year? Who are inductees? So we have got uh, Norley Allen. She is a background vocalist. She played with uh, Conway Twitty, uh, Blake Shelton. She's been part of the Grand Ole Opry family up until a couple of years ago. So she played background vocals with him with Carolee Singers. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we've got Carly Pierce, country music singer. She was on CMT, the Artist of the Year uh, award show, and then CMA award winner and all of that. Um, and then we've got Marty Brown, another country music artist. Uh, he, everybody knows his song, uh, I'm From the Country, that Tracy Bird. Right, right. I think it has like, I think over 5 million downloads, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Um, we've got him, we got Tommy White, he's still a guitar player. And George and I, we were talking about this earlier, and uh, Tommy is as nice as all get out. And he's played with Vince Gill and Lady Gaga. Yeah. And a whole slew of others. And, uh, uh and so we've got him, and then we've got T.D. Young, which I am so excited. Right, I'm yeah. so excited for T.D. And uh, having that blues, you know, guitar playing. And then we've got Pete Goebel, singer-songwriter, uh, Bluegrass. He's in the uh, Bluegrass Museum as well. And uh, he passed away a few years ago. And then we have uh, Paul Yandel. Mm-hmm. Or you can say Yandel. I've learned the two different <laughs> corrections. Um, you two, being guitar player, probably know about Paul as... He is uh, one of Chad Atkins' certified guitar players. Yeah. And then he basically worked with Chad Atkins um, over the years, and then worked for Gretsch mm-hmm. to do the prototype and the guitars um, that was to the specs of Chad Atkins. Right. Yeah. Um, so we've got him as well. And so we've got a really good collective cast of folks, as I like to call it, yeah. um, for this year. And uh, definitely looking forward to the ceremony this Friday. I think if, if I'm not mistaken, there's only three people that have the CPA. Yeah. And it's Tommy Emanuel and mm-hmm. him and Chet. And that's yeah. it, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, and he was uh, Paul was the last one, and it was actually posthumously after he had passed after Chet had passed away. Right. Yeah. And uh, and the family said no more. There's no right, more. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and actually, one of the items in his case, I did the cases yesterday, and one of the items is the. Uh, the little certified guitar player pin, and yeah. it's on his hat. And cool. so, um, the the family donated two guitars. One of them's the Miss Wanda guitar. It's a hundred year old acoustic guitar with the original strings wow. that he learned how to play on. Touching that guitar, I'm like, <laughs> I'm you know, white gloves and everything. Yeah, yeah. I'll be afraid to touch a string. Yeah, and just disintegrate. Yeah, and then um, a 1956 Gretsch guitar wow. that's on the cover of the the manual and, and a book that he did about yeah. guitar playing and. Got to meet his wife and son, and they are the sweetest folks. And and because of him, we've got uh, Steve Warner's coming, and uh, Fred Gretsch from Gretsch Guitar and Drums, and I'm excited. Oh, about yeah, him. So, so it's uh, a lot of folks coming, for sure. Good deal. Yeah. Well, I, I think my favorite inductee is going to be T.D. Oh, yeah. Me too. I mean, I really do. I, I love T.D. We want to get him on the show. He's, yeah. he's on the list of people we need to get on. Yeah. And I remember... I, I think you may have introduced me to him. I did. Mm-hmm. Uh Kurt, our old drummer, introduced me to him, and then I think I took you maybe yeah. a week or two after yeah. I went for the first time. Yeah. Does he still do it? Is it just Tuesday nights? Monday it, nights. Monday is it Monday nights? Yeah. Uh-huh. We, need, we need to make a play. Go back. I told uh, my bass player, and I said we need to have a band trip and go down and check you mm-hmm. out again. It's more popular now than it used to be, yeah. because it's, it's. I think they're more lenient on like public. It used mm-hmm. to be like right. a private deal. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you have to come in with a guest or something, mm-hmm. you know, somebody I, I mean, I was impressed the night we were there because, I mean, it, it was, you know, people were, I mean, it was suits and ties and, and all mm-hmm. the ladies wore dresses and stuff and everybody's, you know, of course, we didn't dress up that mm-hmm. way. I didn't right. know. Yeah. But, uh, but man, yeah, his, uh, his talent and, and that type of music, I mean, I'm always, I, I think most people that are in music are mm-hmm. fans of all different kinds yeah. of music, even mm-hmm. though they may do a certain genre themselves. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then another cool thing I, I noticed about him, just in a few times I've seen him, is like, if he knows you play and you're in there, I mean, he'll get you up and let you sing, let you play, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, he's not a, uh, just, he's just a great dude, yeah. great talent too. We <laughs> went there one time with, uh, uh, with Bo, Otis Badass. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh. He, I told him if I'm going to go, it's going to be with him. Yeah, he, he I mean, called me and he said, uh, he said, I want to go to TDs and I want to <laughs> sing Muddy Waters, will you do it with me? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sure. You know, if they'll let us up, I'll do it with you. And uh, I think it took it took about a set for him to get the, the courage to even ask if he could right, sing right. one or not. And I remember TD's, the look on his face. when You know, if you don't know who Bo is, he's extremely tall and he's extremely skinny and he's extremely pale. Yeah. <laughs> and but the when, coolest cat you will ever meet. But when he said, I want to get up and sing Muddy Waters, the look on TD's face was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I don't know about this. I kind of vouched for him a little bit. I was like, no, it'll be good. It'll be good. It's good. It's and uh, I remember we, we kicked it off. And, uh, of course, the band, you know, obviously knew that you know, we were doing Manish Boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bo's just standing there with the mic with his eyes closed, feeling it, you know, waiting for his cue. And I'm, I'm just watching TD just shaking his head in the back, <laughs> like, this is bound to be a train wreck. <laughs> And then we went into it, and T.D. kind of gave the nod and said, okay, let's go. Yeah. We're in it now. <laughs> kind of surprised him. He was not expecting yeah. that lanky boy to be singing Muddy Water yeah. song. <laughs> well, i tell you what. I've learned a lot about T.D., especially here the last few months, and his dedication to 
the inner city youth has impressed oh, yeah. me so much. And I just found out just the other day um, that there was a young man, he was 16 years old, had wrote, a, I guess, a biography or something for school, a writing assignment about yeah. T.D. Young and his influence. And this young oh, guy wow. played guitar, and they invited him to come to the club. Well, cool. And so T.D. invited him to come play on stage. And he has established a T.D. Young scholarship. And as part of the T.D. T.D. Young Day that they had back last month. Yeah. And uh, they had asked, you know, the Hall of Fame, what would we donate? And I said, 100% yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, if it's going to encourage our youth, I'm all for it. And our board was for it, too. And and so uh, hearing those stories, you keep those traditions alive. Yeah. And all, no matter what genre it is, and giving the kids a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know living up here... Um, at one point, I was going to teach agriculture, and I was working for the government at the time, and actually was going to the fourth and fifth grades talking about ag. You know, kids that didn't even see know what a chicken was or look like. Oh yeah, yeah. and it it was really, I don't know, I could go on for days about that experience, and I realized you've got to show these kids real life lessons. Yeah, and all, and encourage them, and I think TD. You know, in the music realm of things, really does that. I, I was telling, that's, that's yeah, I was like in the world full of, you know, craziness and stuff. The world could use more folks like TD, mm-hmm. the kindness that he shows. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, before we get too much into the Hall of Fame, uh, what led you down this road of even getting into this <laughs> at all? Oh goodness, um, I was a college student at Berea. I was yeah. going to teach agriculture. Yeah. And I was a farm kid, grazed backer, hay, corn, all that stuff growing up. And I was about my sophomore year, and I decided to switch careers. My brother was an ag major. A lot of the teachers were retiring throughout the state, and the schools were not doing FFA anymore. And I was big in FFA. got an American farming degree, was regional, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I realized, I was like, oh, I need to change or do something. So I did business. So I switched to business, but I still took the ag classes. Graduated, I ended up doing retail management. <laughs> and I was living up here. Yeah. And uh, but I was originally from Laurel County and all, and I kept thinking even through high or college I was doing concert photography and okay, it was not cool. and it was not country yeah. it was the heavy rock scene here in Central Kentucky. Nice. Oh, wow. And so like folks like Super Fuzz and you know, oh, yeah. uh, Shotgun Twelve, all those folks and Killjoy. Gosh, I mean it was like the punk, the rock, the metal scene that was what I was part of, but also bluegrass music. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing music classes, Al White, Appalachian Studies, down at Berea College. And I, it really piqued my interest, and history has always piqued my interest. So I started doing research papers. My very first interview was Ralph Stanley, Bluegrass mm, cool. Legend. That very day, I also met J.D. Crow, And we got to talk and having conversations and stuff. And then I was like, I think this is what I want to do. I, I yeah. really don't know. And... and I got encouraged. And yeah. so Rhonda Vincent, I mean, there's a whole slew of folks, and I did research paper presentations. And then, um, fast forward, I kind of faded away. Kind of got out of the music scene, and then I got back into it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that's what I wanted to do. So I was doing concert photography. I was doing the blog. I was doing, you know, all that stuff. And was traveling a lot. Um, and then I was trying to think, is Jamie Johnson. He played at Lexington Opera House. I finally picked up my camera on this first show in, like, years. I took some pictures, and I, one of my friends was going to see him the next weekend. Yeah. I said, I want this one picture autographed, and she did. He wanted to know who took it, and can he get some more? 
And that literally restarted my career back in concert photography. Nice. So I was traveling yeah. quite a bit to see him. And this was early days of Jamie, too. Yeah. Um, and then I started going back into the interviews. I loved learning about other people's stories mm-hmm. and learning about the songs. And I was just, I, I just wanted to know all that knowledge. And so um, I continued the blog. And then I was also helping with the Hall of Fame as well, just volunteering events. Yeah. This position come open in April, and I had Steelwood show, and I was also doing concert organizing. Like I've pretty much dived in, yeah. done everything. Can I play an instrument? I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> what are you learning? I, I'm learning guitar. I got me a Martin <laughs> guitar for my birthday, and and it's I can play Dream On, y'all. There you go. There you go. It's a start, but anyway, um, I said this winter I'm I'm going to tackle it, <laughs> but. Um, so I was doing a lot of concert event planning uh, for major artists plus small festivals, that type of stuff. Mm. April, I got the call. They wanted to interview me. <clears throat> they asked me if I was interested. I was like, well, yeah, I've always enjoyed all this stuff. So I did the interview mm. and literally went from the interview to Steelwood's concert to help them out there at Renfro. And it's about a couple weeks later, they offered me the job. And I was like, well, let me think about it. And they said, well, don't think too hard on it. So. Yeah. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. And I worked in transportation for 10 and a half years for the state. Yeah. And I was like, at that point, like, it was the longest commitment I had ever made in my life. I joked that my two marriages did not last as long combined as this one job. And, <laughs> and so I, it was almost like I was getting antsy. And so uh, it's not a job. It's a dream. Sure. And, uh, and I love it every single day. And uh, there's something new. You just never know who's going to walk through that door. I have learned that. And it's like those saying, you know, if if you love what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. But yeah. I always get kind of offended because I mean, I, I'm all about music history and any genre or whatever era. Yeah. I mean, I I just want to know every single yeah. thing I can possibly know about mm-hmm. an artist I love. Okay. And I always get offended when someone refers to that as useless knowledge. <laughs> yeah, my wife. But in your case, yeah. that's a dream job. Yeah, it's know? a dream job. It's like call me if the, if Jeopardy right. has something on Kentucky music, or, right? Or metal, and I mean, and going to the concerts like last year, even mm-hmm. during COVID, I did like seventy concerts, and I'm just attending plus planning them and stuff. Mm-hmm. This year, I it was like May, and I had hit fifty already. Yeah, and I then I lost count. I kept a little spreadsheet like Roger Combs of what all I <laughs> attended and all. And, and uh, and I love it. And even you don't. I never I always took that title serious. But my first day on the job, actually, we'll back up. When I finally gave my notice to work, I finally done what everybody else does. You post on Facebook of, "Hey, this is my new career change." Yeah. And within ten fifteen minutes, my phone rings, and it's a Lexington number. It's Carl Shannon. Mm calling to congratulate me he said you're, yeah. you're going to live your dream because he and i we had so many conversations over the last 20 years because he was part of that board and all of that and was heavily involved all through the years yeah and he said i don't want to see that place fall apart mm-hmm. and all and they've been changes in the past and all and and he said you're going to live your dream i'm so proud of you good deal and then my first day on the job was when his funeral visit really was. oh man yeah. wow and i get the phone call from one of the news media outlets, they wanted to interview me to, they wanted to interview somebody to provide thoughts because they knew that he was uh, active with the Hall of Fame. Right. I was like, oh, okay. So we did the interview. The very next week, I had my first board meeting. 
I said, do you have any changes, even though it's your first two weeks? And I said, yeah. I said, induction's coming up. And I said, I want to honor Carl Shannon. And I said, but I don't want to have, like, here's an award for him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I said, instead of making a memorial award, I said, can we have the Carl Shannon Legacy Award? Cool. And I said, I want the family to pick out who they want. Yeah. So this year is Jack Patty. Cool. And, uh, and Jack knows, cool. and he's going to be there. And I said, as long as I'm director, hopefully forever, I want this. Yeah. And I said, because he had such an influence on so many people's lives throughout Kentucky. Oh, yeah. And not just music, but the veterans, the, you know, the car shows, oh, yeah. all of that stuff. So much. Yeah. And the so, kids. Yeah, the kids. <laughs> I mean, Lord, just the, the holiday spirit that he had. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was one of the changes, but but the title I take it serious, but it was you know stuff like that, and then later on, uh, Loretta Lynn's passing. Yeah, uh, I was on my way to Nashville. And I got the phone call right. about that, and uh, that's when I got the first phone call. Then within thirty minutes, it was like six phone calls. We need interviews, Zoom, all of that. Mm. And then WSM. <clears throat> I was going to Nashville because I was going to be interviewed on WSM, and. They called me the night before. They said, well, we got your schedule for five minutes. We're going to add five more minutes so you can talk about Loretta. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And so, and then they ended up re-airing that interview like two or three times. I thought, well, what y'all? Like, I'm just a country girl from Laurel County. Yeah, and, I, and And I said, I'll tell you whatever you want. But uh, but it's it's something that I, I, I truly enjoy doing. That's sure. great, yeah. Well, I'm sure Carl will be... <laughs> tickled to death to see the job you're doing. He was, yeah. man, he was just one of those guys that, you know, I mean, you're looking at two people right here that's heavily influenced and just considered mm-hmm. him one, of, you know, oh, one yeah. of our best friends. Yeah. He was a, he was a doozy, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I noticed on your uh, when I pulled in on your license plate, you got Waylon tags. Yep, I got. <laughs> so your favorite? I've got it tattooed. Oh, got <laughs> we it were just talking about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Waylon's always been my favorite. And uh, I never got to see Waylon in concert, yeah. which is crazy. I never got to meet him, but um, because of Justin Wells and Bo, mm-hmm. I met Shooter Jennings. Yeah. And then I was in Nashville. This is one of those, you know, right place, right time. I was at Shoney's down there, and uh, all because I craved fresh fruit that morning. I woke up, <laughs> and there was Buddy Jennings, Waylon's son, yeah. other son, and Kathy. And we got to talking. Now we're good friends. And so... Uh, and then Rhonda Miles, uh, who is part of the Nikki Mitchell Foundation, and uh, uh, who then both of them worked with Waylon closely. I've become good friends with Rhonda, and yeah. uh, so it's just that overall connection. You just never know. You were at the video shoot that, but yes, we were both in that. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I'm I'm the glimpse when Shooter. My claim to fame video is when Shooter puts his sunglasses on mm-hmm. and you had the door in the background open. If you see a big black blur, that's me. Yeah. And I'm the reason why y'all end up burning up because I was like, what's going on in here? And that was, uh, that was a crazy day. He, he, he was cool. Uh, I remember we yeah. did. I didn't get to meet or hang out with him at the video shoot. Yeah. But we went to Austin City yeah. for like an after video party or whatever, yeah. after shoot party. Yeah. And... Uh, He's, he told stories about Waylon all night. Like, yeah. he didn't care. You know, he I told him about UK, uh, being a UK fan and all yeah. that stuff. I saw the video, I did, and then I, I, I did get to see that my banner in the basement made it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was, uh, gosh. And it's wild because a lot of those people in that video, I wouldn't meet until later on. And then you start <laughs> watching that video, it's like, well, I know that person. That, yeah. You know, Brock, you know, and 
you know, all these different people. Well, and even a uh, girl I used to play with, Hannah Ellis, is in that video, yes. and she just she's been playing the Opry here recently. Yeah. I yeah. think she did her debut last year. Yeah, and it was Bucky Covington's Bucky birthday. Bucky Covington, yeah. yeah. There were several people yeah. in there. J.D. Wilkes. Yeah, forgot yeah. about him. I sit there. I didn't. That's another one. I was like, I didn't realize who he was, and we got to talking. And Justin, I remember Justin Wells saying something about music history, and we started talking. Mm-hmm. And uh, Justin said, I told you, you two wouldn't shut up over music history. I just remember that conversation. And then he said, oh, this is J.D. Wilkes. And I went, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I was like, I've listened to you. like for, And I said, but again, I hadn't really seen what he looked like over the years. Right, yeah. But... Uh, but oddly enough, Blake Judd, who filmed that, he's actually going to be filming our Hall of Fame ceremony. Oh, cool. So, okay, good. Yeah, so I got him to do that, him and his team. So Good deal. Yeah. What is, um, so what does it take, what's the, I guess, qualifications to even be inducted? Be from Kentucky. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, we do, uh, I hate to say this, but we do have, we've got like, Two, maybe three people. Two of them is Vestal Goodman and her husband. They're not from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Never was born, never was raised here. They moved here to do their church. That was early, early on in the day. And then uh, Florence Henderson, she lived in Louisville for like a short period of time. Oh, she yeah. did Broadway musicals, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. everybody's like, why is Mamba Brady? You know? Carol Brady. Yeah. <laughs> why, why is she in the Hall of Fame? Um, the biggest thing is how I explain it to people. The whole process is uh, it's somebody that's from Kentucky that represents our state in a positive light. Yeah. And now to even be even considered is writing a letter and letter recommendation. I tell people do not do a Facebook message. Do not do an email. Do not do a text. Do mm-hmm. not do a call. Write a letter. It holds heavier weight um, if it's a previous inductee. Yeah. And and it can be your mama. In fact, I got Tommy White's mama. And um, WSM, Bill Cody mentioned it on the air that Tommy White's mama hand wrote a letter. And uh, basically, and I've got the letter, and I'm going to make a copy of it for him. Yeah. We're going to frame it, put it in his case about what a good person he is and all he's achieved right. and stuff. So, don't matter if it's handwritten or typed up and signed, uh, write a letter in, talk about that person's achievements and how they've been an influence on others yeah it was a big thing um and then we have all these file folders one per person that's been nominated those get presented to a committee and they narrow it down each time yeah um there's been i know the list that's coming in this year i wasn't a part of that except once Mm -hmm. um and i i said i wanted this person in and they were fine with that yeah um and that was td um, I said it's beyond time to have him there. Right. And so we added him in when I was hired, and they all agreed to that. But uh, but we have a committee, and it's all different walks of form of life plus music, uh, folks. And so they review it and they take it serious. So you don't need to necessarily play. Mm-hmm. You you could be just in the scene and whatever you have yeah, done yeah. to contribute. Be, yeah, you can be a songwriter. Right. Um, you can be. Um, Goodness, you can be. And you don't necessarily have to be famous. No. Yeah. No. Um, If you look at somebody, you know, and even like this year, you have someone like Carol, Carolee, Carolee, Norley Allen. Okay, (laughs) Carolee Singers of mine. She doesn't play, but she sings, and she sang background vocals on Trackins and on the Grand Ole Opry. Right. Um, And so, and then you got Tommy White who. 
play steel guitar. Paul Yandel that play guitar. They're not per se a singer, but they're those background people too. Mm-hmm. And then we had like Clarence Spalding, who first managed Exile, and then yeah. now uh, Brooks and Dunn. Manages everybody. Yeah, manages everybody. <laughs> Jason Aldean. And, and I love it because people are like, why is Jason Aldean's picture on there? And I'm like, it's God's Clarence. <laughs> and then and then everybody also asked we got a big uh, Nora Wilson exhibit it's like Kenny Chesney Shania like all yeah. the people that he co-produced with Buddy mm-hmm. Kenny so it is literally like all forms and well, all was, parts in the my industry. next question was going to be is uh, the exhibits that you do put up mm-hmm. do you ask for things is it donated how, how do you even get that going so when they uh, when they accept the nomination mm-hmm. um they end up, we tell them, you have a display case, here's the size measurements. Um, we would love to have either and or, you know, stageware, uh, an instrument that you're willing to donate. And basically, this will be in our collection, in our archives. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single one of them has donated stuff. Yeah. Um, we've got a dress that Norley Allen wore. It's a, white, it's a beautiful white dress that she wore uh, while she was on the road with Conway Twitty. Mm-hmm. And then we've got, like I told you about, Paul Yandel's guitars. Um, Marty Brown, he had like handwritten lyrics. Carly Pierce, I got a dress she wore on the CMAs. Um, Pete Goble, his IBMA award mm-hmm. uh, for Song of the Years. I think that's what it was. And then um, I was trying to think. TD's got one of his guitars and the Bill Street uh, jacket. Yeah. Um, and the old photos too. And I said, give me as many photos. Yeah. I said, because if we don't have it on display, I'll have it in the archives and we'll have it digitally. Right. So uh, that's one of my next projects is every artifact that we've got in there. I'm going to try to get grants to do digital archives, all the sound recordings, you know, just all this stuff. To have just basically a depository, a library yeah. collection yeah. that anybody that's studying that, they can come there or yeah. even look online. Go online. Yeah. yeah. So that that's a big thing. So, um, and we have talked, you know, I've talked to the board and the committee with the criteria and stuff, you know, expanding beyond. Um, they relied in the past, in my opinion, they relied heavily on previous folks that played at Renfro Valley. Mm-hmm. Because Aunt Josephine, oh, we don't have anybody named Josephine, but anyway, uh, so-and-so's uncle played at Renfro Valley, so they deserve to be in there. Yeah, Not saying that you don't, but at the same time, because they played a couple of years, as how's that the same impact as Crystal Gale? Right. You yeah. Know, somewhere, but you know, there's that give and take. Um, I do think we have to expand our boundaries. There's really nothing rock and roll. Yeah. Um, yeah. Backstreet Boys, gospel as huge as that is in Kentucky. We have Jason Crabb and you know a few others. Yeah. It's been always that country bluegrass. And it's good that you do have TD yeah. coming in to, yeah. you know, to represent yeah. the blues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and you know, we had Lionel Hampton, we had Boots Randolph in the past, um, but yeah, they have relied. I'm sitting here even thinking about the previous inductees. It's been heavily country, yeah, yeah, and bluegrass. Mm-hmm. And I think so, the only time that I was ever there, I think I went when I believe it was John Michael was inducted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was probably my favorite induction. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just just a guest. I guess I I don't even yeah. really recall why I was allowed to be there, but I was. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it I think it's a I think it's a great thing, and and uh, I like the idea of it including any type of music or mm-hmm. any type of entertainment or 
even to go outside of that and just just somebody from our state who's made an impact and has yeah. done you know uh obviously i guess it has to be music it's mm-hmm. kentucky music hall mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. yeah it uh yeah td will be cool mm-hmm. addition to that yeah you know kind of break up that country yeah. bluegrass stronghold I've, yeah. I've said a joke for many years when I first moved to town I played in rock bands mm-hmm. and uh, once you mentioned earlier I yeah. was I was in that crowd and we always got stuck on the same bill with those those bands because <laughs> uh, you couldn't really identify I guess the genre that we were in yeah. so they yeah. just threw us around but um, <laughs> we were playing places and only making you know like five bucks a piece and sometimes I wouldn't even stay to get mm-hmm. paid at the end of the night because I knew it wasn't going to be yeah. worth staying another hour yeah. for the, the last band yeah. to finish to get yeah. my $2, you know? Yeah. So I've got, uh, I had a bunch of stickers made up that say country pays. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Put those on my guitar cases yeah. and then I switched over to, to country music just to make a living, you know? Um, I mean, I wish there was more, but in this town and in this area, I mean, that's just, it's, it's just the heavy hitter. That's, yeah. that's what everyone wants, you yeah. know? It's uh yeah, it's wild even like I said, that late nineties, early two thousands. Of course back that time you had like Limp Biscuit corn, the whole new wave metal, new right, metal stuff. Yeah. But in Lexington you would have like a punk rock band next to a metal band next to a rock another rock band. Mm-hmm. And the same it's the same fan base too. Yeah. You'd see the same yeah. people and it's funny because a lot of those people they're now playing country, yeah. literally. Uh-huh. You know, I can name a few of them. And the guy like tried out, tried out for Limp Biscuit was going to be their guitarist, yeah. and then ended up coming back home. And uh, now he's playing country. I'm like, <laughs> I see him. I'm like, man, it's like I don't picture you doing that. But and pay the bills. Yeah. You look at some of the guys in Nashville. The session guys are all old '80s hairband guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of them. They've yeah. all yeah. transitioned over just to make a living now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's been quite a few of them. Then yeah, live right there. Uh, yeah. Tony Brown was a, a, you know, played piano for Elvis for mm-hmm. several years. Yeah. Yeah. That's just Crazy. because I mentioned Elvis. He had to. <laughs> oh, he, he did want me to tell him uh, uh, when we were talking about Carl. You know, he made, he wanted to make sure he had to want us to talk about the time that Carl came to Santa Claus to, to visit him. And, mm. and uh, it was funny. Uh, I, I can't remember where Carl was at, but it was close here in town. Mm. And I'd message him. By the time I message him, oh, man, I'm already gone. He's where you at? He said, I'll just come by the house. You know, he pulls up in his truck. He got the gear. <laughs> yeah. I love and it. Jacob was, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe three or something like that. So I mean, and, you know, anybody that's seen Carl in that outfit, I mean, it was the real deal. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm gonna pull the beard off and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he sat and talked to us, talked to Jacob for a while, and you know, he got up to leave, and Jacob ran to the window and he said, Damn. Santa Claus is driving a red truck. <laughs> and I said, well, son, it's not snowing yet, so mm-hmm. he can't break his sled out. So, yeah, he just drives a little red truck yep. around yep. after that. But, yep. yeah, just That's... a cool dude to do that, you know, for... What kind of truck was it? <clears throat> it was a Ford Ranger, I think. Ford Ranger? Best I can remember. Yeah. Besides uh, the induction, um, you all are also having live music at the museum now, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit. What else is going on over there? A little bit of everything. Um, last, well, the second Saturday in September. Imagine saying that ten times fast. <laughs> uh, we had the the official Kentucky State Food Truck Championship. Okay. And so this year we had like 25, 26 food trucks and then an additional 25 or so craft vendors td young performed mm-hmm. uh, rockland road in sydney adams so we had a little little bit of everything an antique tractor show yeah. i mean it was just 
all over right there at Renfro Valley, and then in live music over at the barn, and uh, and then we're having live music. Uh, we have a singer songwriter series the second Saturday of each month, um, and then I just now kind of started. Some of my friends, they always they're like, we want somewhere to play, so. I think every other Sunday we're going to start having like open picking session. Just come, yeah. bring your guitar or whatever. We had a few yesterday. And mm-hmm. uh, cool. um, and then coming up, we've got uh, Raina and Ramsey is coming November, let's see here, the 19th. We back up November 12th. we got like a holiday market with arts and craft people. Yeah. And, uh, December 2nd, it's like that first Saturday we've got uh, – Kids from London and Berea, surrounding areas, are going to be performing Christmas songs, and then they'll go downtown to do the Christmas show. I was like, "Well, just come here and then get your get your money's worth, I guess." But uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm starting to pick that up and trying to get some more uh, events there, uh, just to have people come. They travel uh, from Michigan. We had people from Germany a few weeks ago, which wow. just blew my mind because I was yeah. sitting there. They were speaking. I'm like, I know that accent from somewhere. <laughs> I was like, where are you all from? And I went, excuse me, where are you people from? You know, I have to be proper. It I'm wasn't like, Pike County. Was no, it? I'm like, and they said, oh, we're from Germany. I was yeah. like, all right. And I said, well, I picked up some of that. It so. was cool. I remember the first time I played Renfro Valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know anything about it, to be honest. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't grow up with that kind of music. I didn't, I didn't know the tradition, you know, mm-hmm. of what it stood for and all that. And uh, I just knew everyone always talked about how Cool it would be to play in for a valley and yeah. I knew I was going to do that so it's like okay this is something yeah but I don't really get it yeah you know but I'm grateful yeah but then uh we were in they put us in the old barn mm-hmm. and I forget who it was but there was a national act playing the big barn mm-hmm. at the same time oh and I thought how's this gonna work I was like and this was oh I don't know if it was a weeknight or but it was something was going on that I was like nobody's gonna come see us yeah because we're just a little local band playing the mm-hmm. barn right next to a big show mm-hmm. that they're selling tickets to but I was wrong yeah and uh it was full it wasn't full but it was way more packed than I was expecting and they were from all over the place yeah. and I had no idea that that was a thing yeah and really cool that these people are just looking for the uh I guess the roots based like that they want the history the authentic you know yeah. they want the authentic thing we were playing you know western swing music you know the band I was in and uh it was just uh kind of an eye opener mm-hmm. that like yeah these people skipped the big show mm-hmm. to come next door to see yeah. nobody's you know just because of what it was yeah. you know and kind of i guess for i guess the listeners and all kind of little like brief history lesson uh, John Lair created Renfro Valley. Mm-hmm. It's over 80 years ago. And so you've got the old barn, that the traditional, what he had, and they had the uh, square, or the line dancing, not line dancing, but square dancing and uh-huh. all that. And then barn dancing. And then they built the new barn back in the 80s, which is the larger capacity one. Well, I think it holds like 1,500. And then they've got a little village there. And um, I think they've got, now it's half of it. And then They've got old mill that's now the liquor, Valley Liquor, and that's where you can get your tickets now. Uh, across the road, they used to have a log cabin, restaurant, and, and mm-hmm. hotel. Yeah. Now that's kind of, it's depleted. They've sold that part off. And then you have uh, John Lair's original home, which the Hall of Fame owns it. So Renfro Valley property is its own private entity in the right. RV campground. Mm-hmm. And then the Tourism Commission took over the John Lair house. And then we have the Aunt Polly. It's a two-story cabin. Uh, it's the oldest building in the whole county. 
Um, and then the old barn, which is now housing the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So the original barn, uh, and then we got amphitheater on the back side of it as well. Um, the barn, the original part of it is the gift shop and then the lobby with our stage area. Right, too. yeah. And then we expanded it. So it's uh, about 20,000, 20 or 30,000 square foot of exhibit space. So when you look at it from the road, you're thinking, man, this is teeny tiny. You get in there and yeah. it's huge. Mm-hmm. And so when you walk in, you've got the gift shop, you've got the stage area, and then boom, you're in the induction room. Yeah. And it's all glass and it's very beautiful. Then we have kind of, we call it the Wood Songs room. It's a, uh, and I'm going to be revamping that room as well. And then you have a Renfro Valley room that's all dedicated Renfro Valley stuff with old costumes and, and all of that. Yeah. And then you kind of go through the timeline of Kentucky music history. And it has the back porch and you have the radio station. And then you have uh, kind of like living at home, how that goes. And then, uh, let me try to think. And then you go around and you have more induction cases. So it's mm-hmm. the previous inductees. Then you have Loretta Linway. And then in the middle, in between these hallways, is a recording studio, which we're having vo- vocal lessons and instrument lessons in there. Then we have another room. It's got more exhibits, and we call it the Exile Room because it's wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling, Exile yeah. memorabilia, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then we have the final room is an interactive room. So you can play instruments. You can there, We see more adults playing with these kids' instruments than anything. It's like teeny tiny little pianos and stuff. Yeah. And symbol, you know, all that stuff. That would be me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and I mean, it's like little bells and all yeah. that, little little plastic drums and all. And yeah, you'll have kids or adults sitting in the floor, crisscross applesauce, playing on piano, like a little kid's <laughs> piano. And uh, and then even in that little recording studio, we've got different memorabilia kind of, of previous inductees. Too, yeah, so cool. And every time I walk through there, I find something new every single time and uh or if i'm giving a tour to somebody i find something new yeah and it was like that it's been a few weeks ago i couldn't tell you how many times i walked by troy gentry's case mm. and i finally looked on his guitar and there's a batman guitar pick yeah on there and i had in the first person i literally took a picture and i sent it to rita oh yeah, our, yeah, our buddy yeah. love rita and uh i sent it to her i was like i walked by this i don't know how many times i've took so many pictures of it yeah and i said i just now noticed that yeah, he was a Batman dude. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. So. How many, uh, is there an induction every year? It, it has varied. Um, it's usually every other year. Yeah. Of course, our last one's 2018. We had planned this one in 2020. Right. And then, of course, you know, the C word hit, you yeah. know, everybody. And so it kept getting postponed until this year. Gotcha. Um, so the next one will actually be spring 2024, so a year and a half from now. Because... We set it to fall because of Carly Pierce's schedule. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, okay, we got to get back on that spring. So, yeah. uh, And then before that, it was actually 2015 because they went through some major changes. And then tourism took over because the Hall of Fame itself was its own into, you know, individual right. entity. Right. So tourism took over and and so uh, been rock and roll with it ever since. Yeah. So Cool. Um, is it open to public? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know if it was just a like a dinner for family and friends or no, it's, uh, how the, it went down. Yeah, so the ceremony will be at Renfro Valley um, over in the new barn. Mm-hmm. And it's open to the public. Most of the tickets now are like $35. Yeah. Um, and we got a few $50 seats, uh, and it's closer. And there's really not a bad seat at Renfro Valley. Um, and it will start at 6 o'clock Friday promptly. 
and then it will go we've been working on schedule i think it lasts for about two and a half hours so and it's and it's literally jam-packed of uh, five minute video bio remarks each person's doing two songs and then um and then their little thank yous. And then we, right. Yeah. And then we have a couple special segments, I can say. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and then Steve Warner will be there. I mentioned Ricky Skaggs is going to be there. Um, Dale Ann Bradley was going to be there, but, of course, she had her heart attack and had to have triple bypass surgery. Mm-hmm. So she's unable, unable to make it. And then um, we've got Fred Gretsch will be there. And I keep thinking I'm missing some. Oh, well, there is one other guest I can't say because we're surprising one of the inductees. No, cool. So we can surprise them on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was my next thing I was going to say is you know when we first started this podcast, Mm -hmm. the whole idea really was just to hang out with our friends. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's really all we wanted to do. But if you want to throw some inductees our way, (laughs) you know, we'd be glad to interview them. Yeah, I tell you, well. I need to get you all connected to Steve Warner. Yeah. I really do because uh, his induction, which was same year as John Michael. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, I made him, I made Steve and, and Eddie Montgomery cry that night. I was that, doing that's, interviews. That's not a hard thing to do. No, no, no. Well, with Steve, and Steve remembers that too because yeah. I seen him like a couple of years after that. And then his assistant even mentioned, he's like, oh, he remembers you. And I'm like, great. And what it was, we got to talking about home life and family and that and his, yeah. and his mom was there mm-hmm. and it was a year before she had passed away oh, and wow. so he introduced me to his mom and he got to talking about her and he started choking up yeah and his wife said are you okay steve he's like yeah i'm okay he said you know i want you i want to introduce you to my mom i'm just i'm just someone interviewing him right in the you know red carpet stuff and then right after that interviewed eddie and of yeah. course that was you know, he's dealing with the cancer, the divorce, and all that. And I yeah. literally was going through my first divorce at, right after, right before that. And we got to talking about you know, music stuff and all. And I said, what do you think your dad would say about you two, about you and John Michael? That got him. That got him. And he was like, he said, I, and then he just, whew, he's like, man, you got me. Yeah. And I was like, sorry, Eddie. You know, and I was like, great, I made two of y'all sad. I was like, I can't do any more interviews, but... um but that was such a memorable night. My favorite all-time performance. Yeah. Patty Loveless doing You'll oh, Never Leave Harlan Alive. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah. Patty Loveless doing yeah. anything Patty Loveless wants to do. Yeah. Would be my favorite yeah. performance. And, uh, yeah. She's on my bucket list. I got to meet her. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to interview her. She's on my bucket list to interview. Just yeah. sit down interview. But. I got a funny Steve story. Um, I went to the Opry. It's the only time I've ever been. Uh, but I was backstage and I was hanging with the Exile guys. Mm-hmm. I was their guest. Okay. And uh, Steve Warner was on the bill too. And JP was like, all excited. I mean, Steve's going to get up and play with us. Mm-hmm. And I could tell as a guitar player, he was really pumped about this. Yeah. But then I met Steve later and Steve was like, I'm going to go play with Exile. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. They were, were like both equally like, and I knew they yeah. knew each other and they'd mm-hmm. done it before, but they were equally excited, you know, and I was really cool to see yeah. that. And then I think, um, oh, I, f- I forget what the, it wasn't Woke Up In Love, I forget what it was. Um, Give Me One More Chance. Yeah. And uh, Steve came out and played that with them yeah. and I'm on the side of the stage and it was just cool as hell, man. Oh, no doubt about oh, yeah. it. Steve's one of the greatest and they just Both yeah. of them just burn it up. Yeah. 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 I, in my opinion, Steve needs to be in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think Exile needs to be in there. Yeah. Exile needs to be in Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're slow about getting things done like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like this year, you know, Keith Whitley just now getting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. To me was a, that's just a, Well, that's... Yeah. As the old wrestling announcer, you say, that's the travesty of justice. That, right? yeah. that was an, one other thing I was going to mention, too, is 
being director, I don't know what kind of, you have to go through a committee and all that, but what kind of pool you have, but hopefully what I would like to see is people get inducted before they're gone. That's a huge thing. That's the biggest thing. Let them actually get to experience it. So I can can tell you, um, one of our inductees, I think the letter was written in 2009. And Steve Warner even nominated another one. And just seeing the years of something, I'm like, man, this is long overdue. When you see, you know... And as far as the number and all that, it fluctuates. There's mm-hmm. one year I think there's only five. This year there's seven. Uh, and it's not a matter of how many, you know, how much space we got. Right. Because uh, we have yeah. it. And uh, there's, you know, I, I think there's a huge push. And even the committee and the board was like, we've got to get these people in here before they pass. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, um, that, that's... <coughs> You know, it's heartbreaking. Well, I mean, like, uh, take the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, for example. Um, they wait so long. Yeah. And then there's some people who I know just from interviews alone that they're waiting for that call. Yeah. And then they don't get it until yeah. it's too late. Yeah. And, and, I, and I that they, kills me. Because it me means too. a lot to some people. And some I, people and I think, doesn't. I think it tarnishes the whole deal. Right. You know, because, I mean, I know, and I'm guilty of, yeah. of like, you know, even if you're watching an award show and, mm-hmm. and you know, they give an award to somebody, like, the year after they died. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just doing oh, yeah. it because he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if he was still alive, they'd still ignore mm-hmm. him and, and keep right on going. Exactly. You know? So, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. Every, yeah. You know, people uh, people put their heart and soul into this business, mm-hmm. into, this, into their music. You know, it's not just about mm-hmm. uh, money or fame or anything like that. I mean... Trust me, and you know as mm-hmm. well as John knows, you have to really love to do it to do it because yeah. most of the time it's people on the outside will look in and so it's, mm-hmm. it's not really worth all the yeah. trouble you put yeah. into, you know. And so stuff like that mm-hmm. and, you know, is kind of the only, I don't know how to say it, like pat on the back or, mm-hmm. hey, yeah. you did good. That's, that's the yeah. only yeah. kind of thing you get. Yeah. And to, you know, I mean, that's what breaks my heart with mm-hmm. the whole Keith Whitley thing, man, because... Even before he was a, a, a popular country music, yeah. I mean, he was a star, I mean, mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. yeah. Through the bluegrass room. Uh, and... You know, you're talking about J.D. Crow, and mm-hmm. that's some of my favorite key stuff mm-hmm. is when he was with Crow and doing all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, recorded in Lexington. Yeah, yeah. Started out with Ralph <laughs> yeah. Stanley when he was, what, 14 years old? Yeah, yeah and Ricky. I mean, the guy had already had a, a you know, a lifetime of a career before yeah. he ever recorded a, a country album in yeah. Nashville. The uh, uh, Flemingsburg uh, Camp Fest, they'd done the special yeah. Keith Whitley tribute, and I was supposed to be there with some of his items and all. Mm-hmm. And I got COVID of all times. It was like three days before I was so mad. I was like, who gave me COVID? You know, but you know, I got over it. Right. And, uh, but they had like three hours. It was uh, the bluegrass years, the yeah. Ralph Stanley years, then the J.D. Crow years, and yeah. then the country years. Yeah. Josh like, played on that. Yeah. Played drums and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like Mo Pitney was there yeah. and everything. Yeah. Love Mo. And, and it killed me because I didn't get to see him. But at the Hall of Fame, we've got um, a jacket, that a leather jacket that he wore. Yeah. We've got a red and black striped shirt that uh, we've got the pictures of him wearing it on the Opry. Oh, cool. And then another shirt. And then back in the archives... Uh, if you boys ever come, I'll show it to you. Um, we've got one. It's like an old workout shirt. It's black. It's like black with, I don't know. It's kind of one of those mesh shirts. It's kind yeah, of funny to yeah. see. Mm-hmm. And then a UK athletics shirt. Nice. Two t-shirt. But 
he was teeny tiny. Like yeah. all these shirts yeah. were teeny tiny. Yeah, and, guy. Yeah, little guy. But to see that, um, see that stuff and see the photos yeah. of him. And then this one lady had donated all kinds of photos and I scanned them in. And it's like wedding photos with him and Lori. Yeah. Like, who would bl- imagine that they'd be seeing some of that stuff? Yeah, right, right yeah. And uh, and got to meet J.C. Keith Whitley the year, well, that's 2011. Um, such a, he was always a humble and kind every time I yeah. talked to him. Yeah. And uh, he takes his dad's history and music serious. Yeah. And uh, he cuts I, I, up I can and tell you a good Jesse Keith story. <laughs> but he was only about his age when I, but, first time I met him. Uh, I did, uh, I was on a, a kind of a tribute thing that Dwight, his mm. brother Dwight did, and I was, I got to be the opening act for a lot of that stuff, and I think we played with uh, Gene Watson wow. at Camden Park in Huntington, West Virginia, nice. and of course Dwight was there, and then uh, Faye, his mm-hmm. Keith's mom, and, and and Jesse Keith was up here with them, yeah. and and he, man, he was a wild card, <laughs> I mean, he, he was all over the place, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, but I met him, uh, when was the last time? Down at the, uh, oh, what's the place in Nashville? They, they had they had this deal for years. They Nashville did, Palace. Nashville Palace yeah. where they did the thing, you know, mm-hmm. basically trying to get people to wake up and put mm-hmm. him in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I met him down there. He, I think he actually sang a couple of songs down there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I reminded him of what yeah. a little brat he was. He was little. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, uh, anything else we need to know or you want to tell about the induction that's coming up, let oh, people goodness. know about? Um, of course, you know, it is open to the public. It is not black tie. It's not, you know, I say Sunday best or whatever you're going to wear at a concert, Yeah, basically. Um, I talked to somebody who was like, well, I'm going to wear jeans, boots, and nice shirt. And I said, you go, you know, I, if anything... Probably T.D. Young will probably be, like, the most sequent. I don't know what he's wearing, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure he'll be, like, he'll outdress us all. And I literally, I just picked out my outfit today. <laughs> yeah. it was That's why I shop local anymore, because it's Amazon. I couldn't find nothing. Um, but, yeah, you know, dress comfortably. Um, we will have, you know, a whole slew of folks there. And come, come out and support um, folks and... You know, Sydney Adams is opening up. Yeah. Look at her career. She's our artist in residence with the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and so she's performing once a month now. And this is kind of her big show, um, kind of representing us. Yeah. And um, and so we've got her, and then Rockland Road. Um, the ba- the house band itself has got Roger Eaton, who played with Oak Ridge Boys, mm-hmm. Corbin guy, um, and then we've got Jimmy Maddenly. It's going to be playing. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. And so and then Paul Martin Winchester Feller. Yeah. Um, he'll Paul's be playing. also on the list to get on the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, he's he would be really good. Yeah, so. we I, we've talked to him. We just haven't yeah. scheduled it yet. Yeah. He, it's in he, the works. He's been a little busy. Yeah. With you know planning. <laughs> they all, they planning, all are. Yeah, yeah. Planning with my stuff, you know, yeah. but um, and then his family, of course, uh, Rockland Road. They'll be playing. And, yeah. So it's uh, it's and it's all ages. You know, anybody can come and. There are a few tickets to get them. You go to RenfroValley.com. Um, the ticket office is the Valley Liquor. It's like, mm-hmm. go to the liquor store, get your tickets, you know. Um, and then they've got a phone number, too, that I cannot think of on top of my head. But you can go to RenfroValley.com. Or right. Kentucky Music Hall of Fame, and it links you over there. Cool. Well, I look forward to yeah. seeing what you do with the place. Yeah. I think yeah, it's going to be a you. good thing. Congratulations. Well, thank, well, thank you. you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you all for having me on here, too. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and you, too, little man. <laughs> You guys have been listening to Jessica Blankenship, the new director at the Kentucky Music Hall of Fame. Y'all check it out, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much. 
Thanks again to Jessica Blankenship for being our guest tonight. Thank you all so much for listening to Weekend Superstars with George Moulton and John McHugh. Don't forget, go and follow us on Facebook. Find out who our next guest is going to be. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you may get your podcast. So until next time, guys, later.